Hi guys, welcome to the fourth episode of our third season. I was reading a study from about a decade ago that even back then was saying 50% of cancer cases and 35% of cancer deaths in the United States at that time could be attributed solely to poor diet. We are going to dive into this topic and we are gonna change things starting today. So let's do it. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. So many weeks ago, maybe it's been over a month now on Instagram, I asked you guys who were over there, what you would like this new season on the podcast to be all about. And I was kind of blown away at the huge popularity of this very topic. So that's how I chose this topic. But once you guys, you know, voiced your wishes, I started really thinking about things and I started pulling up a few different studies and I realized this is something I really wanted to talk about too. And for the purpose of keeping this episode a reasonable length, um, I decided to kind of narrow down my focus of what specifically I was going to hone in on. But food has such a huge impact on our health. And I feel kind of silly saying that because I mean, this should be really obvious, but I think over the decades, we've really been so removed from our food that it's not second nature to us. It's not something we necessarily always realize that what we're putting in our mouth is directly impacting our health. Um, I do think that we've become much more aware of it recently, which I think is a wonderful thing. Uh, But I still think, (laughs) I think we have a ways to go still, mainly because of what we talked about a few episodes back that the marketers who stand to lose a whole lot of money on the processed food that they're filling our grocery shelves with, they make it hard for us to remember that (laughs) what we're putting in our bodies as far as our food is directly impacting our health. They, they want us to forget that because they stand to lose a lot. So it's, it's a challenge. Um, and then there's that whole convenience factor, which we're going to do a whole episode this season, simply about that, about how we can make real food convenient as well. Don't buy into the lie. It can be done. Trust me, we're going to get there. But, um, I just started thinking about all the different ways that food impacts our health. And there's so many different trails I could go down, but I decided to just stick with how directly our cases of cancer in this nation every year, how directly they are correlated to food. And this also is something that wasn't second nature and like, duh, for me. And this might sound crazy, but I think that's because I grew up in the mid Atlantic area and 
I'm sorry if any of you disagree with this or if you think I'm out in left field, but in my personal experience, living in that area, sandwiched between Philly and DC, I felt like cancer was on everybody's doorstep. Like everybody I knew as a teenager and as a young adult was directly impacted by someone very close to them or themselves by cancer. I mean, we had huge hospitals in like walking distance from where I grew up devoted simply to the treatment of cancer, like the entire hospital, all the floors, all the rooms, all the doctors, that's what they were focused on. Um, and I, I think because of that, I always thought cancer was either one of two things. And, and this wasn't like something I thought through as a teen or young adult. It's just kind of, I can't explain it, but I really inherently thought cancer was either a hereditary factor because everybody I knew was impacted by it. So obviously it's something genetic or, and or the environment, because I did realize, well, we are, we live in a very industrial area here between Philly and Jersey and Washington, DC. This whole area is just a very industrial area and it must be the pollution. And someday, you know, when, when I'm older, someday I'm going to move away. And I'm very thankful. <laughs> I love the Mid-Atlantic area, but I am thankful to be in an area now that is much less industrial. So I do feel I have a little bit less exposure to that. But my whole point really in saying what I just did was that I just didn't quite understand that cancer was not just genetic and it wasn't just the environment. It's a whole lot more. Um, let me, I'm pulling up in front of me right now, a study done in 2019 and it broke down the cause of the different um, cancer cases as well as the deaths from cancer but before we dive into that study i want to take a quick second to tell you guys about raw paws i'm so excited when they asked if they could sponsor this season or part of it because it's a fantastic fit. You see, this season is all about real food and why it's important for us to be putting good, real nutrients into our bodies. And you know, if you have a beloved cat or dog that you love, trust me, it matters just as much for them that they're getting real food and real nutrients. So Raw Paws is a fantastic source for that in not only the food that you feed your pet every day, but what I love them for, honestly, is their functional treats. These are fantastic treats that dogs and cats absolutely go crazy over that have amazing nutritional benefits. You can choose the treat to target any specific health problems or concerns you might have about your pet. And Raw Paul's has a ton of functional treats, all kinds of variety, flavors, nutrients, difficulties that they help solve with your pet, and amazing variety of flavors and sizes, not only of the treat themselves, but of the packages. So really, go check it out. Go to rawpaws.com and please be sure to use the code RESTED, R-E-S-T-E-D, one, five, to get 15% off your entire order over at Raw Paws. If you wanna see the very specific treats and why that both Bixby and Calpurnia love, that our doggies love, 
go to solelyrested.com slash dog. And there I link to a whole bunch of things they love for training, just for treats, for health benefits, just for fun. And I also mentioned the code there as well, rested15, that will get you 15% off at your entire order over at Raw Paws. So please check them out and tell them that Michelle and Bixby and Calpurnia sent you there. In 2019, there was 1,762,450 cancer cases that were newly diagnosed that year. And out of that 1.7 million, 606,880 of them led to deaths in the US in 2019. But this is the part that really made me stop. Only roughly 5%, could be as high as 10, but roughly 5% of all of those cancer cases could be attributed to anything genetic. 5%? what? The remaining 90 to 95% of all of those cancer cases in 2019 had their roots in one of two things, the environment or the lifestyle of that person. So of course, environment that does confirm, you know, what I had always thought, but lifestyle that made me pause. So I kept reading, here's the things that are considered part of the lifestyle factors. Cigarette smoking, okay, well, I, that doesn't impact me, so I kept reading. Diet, alcohol, sun exposure, environmental pollutants, infections, stress, obesity, and physical inactivity. Now, the thing that really got me is so many of those things I see as being extremely interrelated. Diet, infection, obesity, physical activity, lump all those together. And what percentage does that equal of the deaths from cancer? Probably much higher than I ever would have imagined. Um, The evidence I'm reading here, the evidence indicates that of all cancer-related deaths, 25% were due to tobacco. I would have thought much higher. 35% were linked to diet. 20% were due to infections. And the remaining percentages were due to stress, physical activity, and environmental pollutants. Wow. So the fact that we know, having lived through 2020 and all that we have learned as a nation about infection and how it works, we know that of that 20% that was due to infections, that also is linked hand in hand, can almost not be separated from diet. Like, they go together. I mean, we know that eating well and exercising well, getting outside, all of those things definitely improve our chances of fighting off infections. So this is a huge percentage of cancer cases that could have been prevented. That kind of made me sick to my stomach. Like, it's not something that is out of our control, guys. Cancer is a disease that for 90 to 95% of the cases is preventable. And a lot of those ways that it can be prevented 
all come back to food. That's huge. I dug a little deeper and I came across this report printed May 22nd, 2019 by Tufts University from their Health Sciences Campus. And it says that a new study has estimated that poor diet is on par, okay, so equal, with alcohol, excessive body weight, and physical activity when what they were talking about was when it's related to the causes of cancer. So poor diet is on par with alcohol, excessive body weight, and physical activity. Well, excessive body weight and physical activity also relate to poor diet. I mean, those things all go hand in hand, our body weight and what we're eating, right? And how much we're moving around and getting physical exercise. Well, so again, Tufts was just confirming what I had been reading from these other studies that this is a huge percentage of our cause of cancer. So um, Tufts goes on to say diet-related factors may have accounted for 80,110 of the new invasive cancer cases that were reported. Now they were looking back to 2015. So sorry, my years are all jumping around here. The study was done in 2019, but they were looking back a few years prior to that. And they were saying that more than 80,000 of the cases in that given year were related to food, to diet factors. That's it. That's a lot of people diagnosed with a deadly disease simply because of what they were choosing to put on their plate and drink in their drinks and have for dessert at night. 80,000 people. So they go on to um, list that low grain, I'm sorry, low whole grain intake was associated with the largest number and proportion of new cancer cases. Okay, whole grain guys, that's just, that's, that's the flour we're using. That's, that's the bread and the biscuits and you know, the, that, that shouldn't be that hard for us. I mean, okay, we'll get into more of that in another episode. So I'll just keep reading. Low grain, low whole grain intake was associated with the largest number and proportion of new cases followed by low dairy intake, high processed meat intake, low vegetable and fruit intake, high red meat intake, and high intake of sugar-sweetened beverages. So I took this report from Tufts and I copied this section and I underlined the things that I knew we could do episodes on here in this season that we could really carve away at these problems. 80,000 people in 2015 were diagnosed with cancer because of these little, not little, issues of food. And we can talk about these issues. We can break them down and we're going to deal with them one by one in the episodes to come. So the low whole grain problem, we're going to have an episode all about grain mills, why fresh milled flour is a whole different wonderful thing than that bag of flour that you buy on the store shelf. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna make it totally accessible and totally doable for you to start adding some fresh whole grain into your diet. And trust me, it's not hard. It's not. Um, the processed meat thing, I mean, I, 
I don't even know. I, before I get to that episode, I'm going to look it up and do some research. Reach out to me if you guys know. But a huge percentage, I don't know how much, but a huge percentage of the meat that we go, we walk into our grocery store and we pick up some, you know, those little styrofoam trays that have the pretty roast on it wrapped in the cellophane and we take it home for dinner. A huge percentage of that meat isn't even raised here in the United States. We are importing them from all around the world, these chunks of meat. We don't know anything about them. Okay, maybe we know some things about them, but so much value is lost in the nutrition of that meat for so many different reasons than if we could just be growing or buying locally. So we're going to talk, we're going to have a whole episode about pasture raised meat. We're going to talk about cooking it, where to get it. Um, and y'all know there's going to be a lot of talk about pork because I am absolutely a pork fanatic. And that's new to me. I When we started raising pigs, honestly, I was only in it for the bacon. I really am not crazy about ham. I'm kind of like, I'm not even sure why we're doing this because I don't think I'm going to want to eat the meat, but okay, there's going to be bacon, so I'll go along with it. <laughs> I was so wrong. So definitely tune in for that episode if you want to know more about all the ways I was wrong. Um, as far as the low vegetable and fruit intake, oh my goodness, what I have been doing lately, I, I don't know what my tongue just did, what I have been doing lately in my kitchen to uh, preserve our fruit and vegetable Oh my goodness. I don't know why I didn't pluralize that. Our fruits and vegetables. <laughs> it's getting late. It's almost dinner time. I need to like close up the office and go make some dinner. I'll just talk about food. But um, okay, what I was saying, what I've been doing in our kitchen to process our vegetables and our fruits as the harvest season is winding down here in New England it has blown me away. This is like a new amazing ball game to me guys that I have been loving and it's called dehydrating. You can take, did you know this? You can take fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. You can pull the water out of them by dehydrating them. And then you have something that is shelf stable that takes up almost no space that that doesn't ever need to be refrigerated, right? That's going to last you for years. And in some cases, even increases the nutrients in your food. How often does that happen in food preservation, right? You're always going to lose nutrients when you preserve food and you store it away. But in some cases with dehydrating, you actually increase your nutrients, which is crazy. But then you can take these dehydrated foods and you can turn them into powder. We're going to talk about all of this in an upcoming episode. And that powder, you can sprinkle on all kinds of things and you can use it all kinds of ways. And even if you have finicky eaters around the table, the things that you are serving them can be infused with amazing nutrients simply by adding these different powders. I mean, it's kind of absolutely mind-blowing crazy. And to think that it's helping us fight cancer, it's a really good thing. And also those sugar-sweetened beverages that the Tufts report talked about, we are going to spend two different episodes breaking down fantastic options for drinks in your home that are not sugar laden. We're going to spend an episode all about kombucha. If y'all know me, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know, I am completely 100% obsessed with kombucha. And 
the amazing health benefits it offers, but yet, honestly, I don't always sit around thinking, oh, I'm drinking this because it's so good for me. No, I love it. It's delicious. And that's one reason I'm obsessed. And it's an amazing substitute for the sugar sweet beverages that should not be in our homes. And then we're going to spend an episode talking about tea, all kinds of details about tea. Again, if you follow me for any length of time over on Instagram, you know that tea is another passion of mine. And we're going to break down how you choose teas, why it matters, and why tea is so good for you. Um, So one by one, guys, we are going to chip away at this information in this Tufts report. And we are going to, together, revolutionize the way we look at food. We're going to keep it really simple. Trust me. You know, I don't like anything fancy or complicated. We're going to keep it simple, but we're going to just chip away at these factors in our food intake that are harming us. And we're going to make little changes one at a time, just one little thing at a time. And you know what? If you listen to this whole series and you go, I can't do all that. That's like eight things or whatever. Don't let it overwhelm you. Just hang on, come along for the ride, and then revisit it just one at a time. You know, do one little thing for a few months, maybe for six months, just one change. And then maybe, okay, I got that down pat, I'm ready for the next one. And then you can come back to the season and you can listen into one more episode and go on from there, right? Are you with me? Are you with me? Guys, I'm excited. I really am. I mean, in some ways, I feel like this is like really basic, really simple not exactly life-changing kind of stuff we're talking about. But the other part of me is like, no, this is like the basic level, the cornerstone of life-changing stuff. And we're going to do it together. So I hope I've inspired you a little bit. I hope I've gotten you even just partially as excited as I am about the rest of the seasons or the rest of the episodes in this season. And well, Let's do this, guys. Let's do it together. To make sure that you do not miss a future episode in this season, please take a second to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player. Always, whenever you have a second, don't forget to check out solelyrested.com slash coupons for the current specials. But especially right now, if you're catching this episode around the time it's being released, Black Friday specials, holiday shopping thoughts. I'm going to be updating that coupon page with some really great things that I hope makes your holiday shopping a little bit easier. So check out solelyrested.com slash coupons. And one last thing, a really quick shout out to today's listener. Shelly says over on iTunes, she left a review. Thank you, by the way, anytime you guys take a second to do that. It means the world to me and it really helps me know what topics are meaningful to you. Shelly says she's a friend of the pod. Is it just me or do we all want to be Michelle's friend and visit her farmhouse? She's so relatable and her voice is so soothing. I could listen all day. Oh, thank you, Shelly. And you know what? Sadly, uh, sometimes I think I could sit here and talk all day. (laughs) I get that from my dad. He loved to talk and I do as well, but especially when it's great topics like the one we're covering this season. So go ahead and subscribe and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks guys. Have a great day.